Dan Mack is back, and this year she has sought out the best customer-centric thought leaders from around the world. Are you after practical, accessible, and customer-centric marketing? You're in the right place. Sit back and enjoy Dan's small business podcast. For more information, go to www.daniellemckinnis.com or visit www.mckinnismarketing.com.au. Every business knows that the best customer is a happy customer. And this um, podcast, I interview Bernard Smith, who's written Happy Customers Everywhere, How Your Business Can Profit from the Insights of Positive Psychology. And Bernard goes through and explains to us a number of um, methods that he has delved into to uncover the customer experience and the things that embed in creating wonderful, delightful customer memories. So we start this interview as he goes through the process of explaining a little bit more about the customer experience. Experience management is really about the creating pleasant moments for people, um, having the right product design, nice packaging, uh, nice stores, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but what is the ultimate objective of all of this? You know, it's not about uh, just uh, creating an experience or a nice atmosphere, so to speak, but it has to have an outcome. And, um, and, and I think the, the outcome or the goal of all of this really has to be to make customers happy. And, and, and what I mean by this is something really beyond satisfaction, because customer satisfaction is, of course, a term that's been around in marketing forever. Uh, and, and it is very important. It is about fulfilling people's expectations. Uh, but, but I think in, in our times nowadays, uh, lots of expectations get fulfilled. Lots of products are of a certain quality. They deliver what people expect. That's all great. But I think what customers also need is some element of surprise and delight and something really unique that uh, even in a commercial, even though we are talking about a commercial setting, nonetheless um, provides something special for them. And, and that's sort of the idea of happiness, the mm -hmm. true feeling of being, being happy. Uh, so that's how it started. Uh, uh, so I came from the customer experience, but this book is not just about customer experience, it's really more about the outcome that experiences, not only experiences, but also, uh, you know, products that are just uh, doing the right thing, doing good. When you think about meaning happiness, for example, environmental products or companies that are transparent and so on. It's not just about the experience. It's really about how the companies run. It can also make a difference and it can make people, people happy. Yeah, and I think you make a nice link between, you know, the psychology of the company and, and the um the undercurrent or the culture, and you give some really good examples. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I, I, in fact, I'm using uh, some new concepts from uh, psychology uh, and specifically uh, from what they nowadays call positive psychology. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a movement that started around 2000. Um, it's, you know, some psychologists are very prominent in that, in that movement. One is Martin Seligman. He's a, he's a, he's a researcher and, and, and professor who had been studying depression for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And his point was, well, I've been uh, studying the negative things in life, the problems, the disorders for a long, long time. In his case, it was depression. 
But uh, maybe we should not just think about how can we uh, people how can we pull people out of depression, but maybe we should we should think about how can we help people live rich lives. Okay, which is a very different twist. It's not about repairing things, but it is about doing something doing something positive. And the same is true not only for depression but for other uh, uh, diseases as well. In fact, psychology, clinical psychology, has been focused for almost a century in terms of. Uh, fixing things. Um, and, and, and in the area of business, you have that too. You know, we have to get rid of stress and we have to make people uh, uh, productive and, and so on. But uh, nobody's asking how can we help people realize their full potential. And that's the idea of positive psychology. So that started around 2000 uh, and they came up with all sorts of insights. And I'm using some of these insights and their concepts and their ideas in the context of, uh, of consumers. And I think you know you could apply that same logic to you know healthcare in terms of using music and and now dogs in therapy and it's sort of taking that other approach you know that a positive approach as opposed to you know trying to fix a problem let's 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 attack it from the other perspective so I really I really like that and I think the reason it's sort of topical is. You know, you talk a lot about these delightful experiences and these touch points through the customer journey. Um, I just wanted to see if you could touch on some of that in terms of you refer to a few different methods, and one of them was the feel-good method. Yeah, right. So one, uh, the, the key idea of the book is that there is not just one happiness, but there's uh, at least three types of happiness, cis, so to speak, three ways of making people happy, three routes to happiness. And one of them is, uh, is the pleasure route, okay? Mm-hmm. People often feel happy when they are experiencing positive emotions, when, when they are, more broadly speaking, leading a pleasurable hedonic life, right? So they reward themselves uh, with all sorts of gifts, or they're getting these gifts. Uh, um, they, 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 they enjoy, in the commercial context, they enjoy shopping, they enjoy buying things, getting a new car, uh, getting a new suit, uh, and so on. Um, and and that is called pleasure happiness, and that works. Uh, there is a, there's a problem with it, which is um, you know you always have to create the pleasure again and again and again. Mm. It's called hedonic treadmill. Uh, that's a psychology term. The idea that uh, you know you have to constantly experience that 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 pleasure. Mm. Uh, and and as a marketer, you constantly have to get people experience that pleasure. And uh, and that's the way you do this is by using what I call the the good feel method, okay? You have to get people to feel good, and you do this by um, basically experientializing. So there's connection to experience. Experientializing their environment, uh, creating great experiences for people. Uh, It can be small little moments. One of the big findings in the happiness literature is also, and in the positive psychology literature, is that, uh, you know, you should always think about this big uh, goal of becoming happy in your life. But if you do little things and if you savor them, if you pay attention to them, mm-hmm. uh, then that can make you happy. Uh, so draw the attention of, you know, how this new tea uh, tastes, you know, the mm-hmm. flavor of the tea or this new um, um, spa product. And there's a lot of this nowadays when you're looking at the realm of tea or chocolate, mm. you know, these little things that you reward yourself with. They are all nowadays exquisitely um, designed and packaged, and, and there's all sorts of uh, interesting new ingredients in them, and this applies to the chocolates and the teas, but it also applies to all the 
the cosmetic and beauty products, right? I mean, you have mint and cucumber and, 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 and ginger and ginseng and lemongrass, you know, and you have those sorts of things in, in chocolates and you have them in, in beauty products, you know, uh, which, which I call sort of experientializing ordinary goods. So, uh, so that's the feel-good method, right? So is it a matter for marketers, I guess, or business owners to think about how they can sort of draw out that experience? Or is it more a matter of making sure those individual moments matter, whether you're in a business or a product-based business? How do do they contextualise that for themselves? So your question is whether this is inherent in the the products and goods or whether uh, you highlight certain things? Is that your question? It's more that, you know, should we be thinking about trying to take those minute little experiences and and sort of draw them out or... um, you know, contextualise them for the customer. So say if somebody was waiting in the waiting room of a doctor's surgery, should we be thinking about that and burning peppermint tea? Like be thinking about each individual interaction, should we be trying to contextualise? Yeah, I mean, I think we should. Yes, we should. And, you know, I've done actually some uh, uh, consulting work. Um, Since you mentioned hospitals and healthcare, I've done some consulting work for uh, the American Association of Nurse Anesthetists, that's what they are okay. called. They're basically the, the people that uh, uh, knock you out before you a surgery operation. <laughs> yeah. And what we did is we used Starbucks as a benchmark. We said, okay. what is Starbucks doing in terms of experientializing their coffee? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and what could we learn from Starbucks for the operating room? Because the operating room is very, very clinical. Uh, uh, there's lots of fear associated with it. So what are the different elements that we could uh, use to make this, to make people feel better about mm. this? It was very, uh, um, I mean, negative life experience. And, and and don't get me wrong, there has to be, of course, also a very competent surgeon and the hospital needs to know what they're doing. That's all, of course, the case. Uh, but there's also... Uh, there's also a happiness element around. There's happiness moments, or at least um, um, taking away the aversiveness of the procedure. Mm, like a positive. Uh, it's, it's similar to education. I'm in the education business. I'm a professor. Of course, you want to have great professors. You want to learn something. But you learn better if, you, if people feel good, if you do something interesting in the classroom, if you like this demonstration. If you don't just talk a lecture for an hour and a half, but if you do some little exercises, right? And that's what I would call the happiness moments, in this case, the, the, the pleasure happiness moments. So that is one of the major techniques for making people happy. So in writing this book, have you reevaluated what makes you happy as a customer? Um, you mean, I'm sorry, that I didn't understand exactly. So, so after you've done this research and you've looked into yeah. the psychology and obviously... Does it make me happy as a customer? Or do you just reevaluate what makes you happy as a customer? Do I personally, as when I'm a customer, now pay attention and reevaluate yeah. things because I wrote the book? Is that the idea? Yeah. Um, well, I'm always very reflective, right? I mean, you know, my job is uh, uh, being a marketing academic. Right, and analyzing things. Uh, so I pay attention to these things. I collect examples when I go to hotels, when I go to luxury hotels, or when I uh, go and, and, and shop in a supermarket. You know, I realize certain things are are better or worse, or they annoy me, or they, they please me, or uh, or they move me in a service context. They move me well from one 
station to another station or from one part of the process to another part of the process. So, yeah, I, I, I do this to a certain degree. But I think a lot of these things are really about, and that's the point in the book as well, they're about surprise and delight. Mm. Uh, so they're not just the ordinary things. And, of course, that you notice. You don't have to analyze it. I mean, if, you, if you get something surprising, delightful, happiness is a lot it's also instinctual, it's, it's automatic, it's not just a cognitive deliberation process. Mm. So, um, you know. I may be paying more attention to these things, but it's also, uh, it's also just happening to me. Like, yeah. and, and you know when you, when you feel it or you see it, I guess. So you make a lot of connections between, you know, the happiness and, and obviously the profitability of a company. You know, there's right. something in it for them to do this which sort of makes sense, but I really like the way you actually connect it to the bottom line. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the connection is basically uh, the, the idea that people are deeply satisfied in an emotional way. That's what we call happiness. Uh, and then there are some positive outcomes of this. One is loyalty. And we know in marketing a lot about loyalty. We know that when you have a loyal customer, uh, you are most likely, if you have a lo big loyal customer base, you're most likely a very profitable company. Mm -hmm. and the reason is because you, um, first of all, you don't have to replace your customers all the time. You have people that are staying with you. They are usually over time uh, easier to serve. They are becoming less price sensitive, for example. They're more accepting of new products that you take on the market, so brand extensions. So that is one of the connection points. It's really, you know, when you have happy customers, they're more likely to be loyal. Another one is, and that is very, very important in current environments when you have, you know, social media and so on, that you have uh, people recommending your product to others, right? Um, so they are giving you free publicity. They are advertising you uh, through the social networks. So these are uh, the, 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 the sort of connections that exist between happiness and some, some business outcomes. And that creates what is ultimately called customer equity, which is uh, the lifetime value to customer mm -hmm. And I mean, a company that, that everybody talks about nowadays is, of course, Apple. You know, phenomenal success. I mean, and, and, and they are really, really good at this. I mean, look how people are waiting outside the store to get their new products. Uh, uh, it's also a, a community really the Apple community, you're part of this, you, you feel good. Uh, it's true. They are truly happy customers. How much does it then, because I, I always feel that part of the equation is the customer and the other part of the equation in terms of building a great company is the employees. And what, yes, how that's happy right. they feel? And I talk about this in the book. I mean, I'm mentioning that um, it's not only about customer happiness, creating these positive feelings for customers or we haven't talked about this yet. There are other ways of doing it too, like providing meaning for them mm -hmm. uh, or appealing to their values um, or engaging them uh, in, in, in deep ways. Uh, so there is three different ways of making customers happy, but it's not only about the customers uh, because the same ideas can also be applied, uh, uh, applied to employees. And, and yeah, you want to have, good moments and, and, and be happy in a pleasure sense as an employee, but I think you also want to have meaning at work. So that's the second technique. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to do something that you truly feel you're making a contribution within the organization. And this is the type of organization that you like to make a contribution for. 
so that is um, the value aspect of something. Um, so it's it's just the same with the with the employees. And then, of course, there's a link between employee happiness and customer happiness, especially in service businesses. Uh, you know, if you don't have uh, happy customers, they cannot interact. Obvious uh, happy employees, they then they cannot interact uh, well with the uh, customers. So that's that's the link there. It's 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 less important, frankly speaking, in the more pure manufactured businesses, but in for services, it's absolutely key. Yeah, because they're on the front line. I guess that's sort of part right. of their offering. Um, the other question that I sort of had for you was. How much do you think technology now shaping this whole um, argument, I guess, for creating happy customers? Is part of it just that everything's more transparent because we have this technology to see inside a company? I mean, we're sharing more things. We know a lot more about the products and services than we ever did before. I'm just wondering whether it's forcing the hand of some companies to actually have a policy around culture or to have a social conscience or I'm just wondering what that no, it's like. definitely because of lots of scandals that were happening in the in the since 2000 frankly speaking uh, you know, accounting scandals and the financial scandals, all of this uh, the financial uh, uh, crisis 2007-2008 um, because of all of this I mean cus- customers are more interested in company. they want the company to be open and transparent that they don't want to lie and all these things. So, so the ethical dimension has become much more important. The corporate social responsibility dimension is much, much more important. And the environmental dimension, if you think about saving the planet, uh, is much more important. This all relates to meaning happiness, right? You want to deal with a company that has the right values. Uh, otherwise, you don't do business with them. Um, you also mentioned technology. Um, I mean, technology, there are lots of different aspects of technology. Um, one is, of course, that, yeah, we can uh, track customers much better. We can survey them much better. Uh, we have these uh, new technologies like big data, for example, that help us. But it's also that customers themselves have more means to, uh, to get in touch with the company, to complain, to do something about it. <laughs> I mean, nowadays, if you do an, an, an something negative, uh, you know, the word is all out immediately. One of the famous examples is this guy who had his guitar broken by United Airlines. Well, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a guitarist, so he composes a song called United Breaks Guitars. In the old days, he would have been stuck uh, by sending a letter that nobody reads, right? Now, he's, uh, he has a worldwide audience in the second career, as a fact, because he's now a keynote speaker of great service. Uh, so the best thing that ever happened to him was actually the his guitar, frankly speaking. <laughs> so there are all these opportunities uh, in, in this environment. And there'll be no interesting things happening. I mean, if you want to go all out, if you want to project in 20 years, mm-hmm. um, well, you know, there is a, robotics has a revival. Uh, um, uh, nowadays, can make people happier, uh, not only through human contact, but actually through contacts with machines. Think about elder care, and you now have your robot that, that helps you along. Uh, so even with machines, we may have interactions in the future uh, that make us feel good or not. Uh, now, that's maybe a, in the longer distance, maybe 10, 20, 30 years. But I think a big area to explore in the future is uh, it's not just about the human touch and soft things that, that influence this whole area of customer satisfaction and happiness, but it may also be um, 
how can we lead a satisfying life through through any commercial enterprise or commercial products? And that doesn't mean have to mean in the service, for example, that uh, that a person services. It could be faster and more efficient if it's a machine. And it's not that far away. I mean, you think it's about not that far away. virtual reality. I didn't write about that in my book because a lot of things have happened just in the last couple of years since the book came on the market. Um, so nowadays I'm actually very interested in, I call these, these, these concepts, you know, the future and this, this interface of technology, consumers and business, mm-hmm. and how businesses can use new technologies in order to provide value to customers. Oh, really interesting. Well, look, I thank you so much for your time. If people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way? Well, the best way is that you should go to my website, Meet Schmidt. I mean, like meeting somebody, and then Schmidt is S-C-H-M-I-T-T. So it's Meet Schmidt, one string, dot com. So there they can click contact and find me. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And um, I'll put links to this um, on the um, podcast afterwards. And thank you. where are you off to next? What's your next? I'm right now in Singapore, but I'm... Uh, I'm going uh, to Korea, and then I go back to New York. I'm teaching at Columbia Business School in New York. That's my regular position, but I do a lot of work in Asia as well. So that's why I come here quite a lot. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, and I loved the book. And, um, yeah, I look forward to more from you in the, in the coming months and year. I'll follow you with great interest. <laughs> Very good. Um, thanks for having me. Hey. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next time.